0: Welcome to the Inspirations News Podcast, sponsored by Quebec's only newspaper, devoted exclusively to the news of the special needs community. Tune in regularly to hear uplifting success stories, learn about resources, and gain timely advice in the area of special needs, featuring experts in various fields. Here's your host, host, Mark Bergman.
1: Welcome to another great edition of the Inspirations Podcast as we celebrate Jewish Disability Awareness, Acceptance, and Inclusion Month here in Montreal as we chat about GenMTL's Pay It Forward for Purim event along with Delamie Bakery. Zira Cafe was also involved as they saw over 200 Purim baskets go out to the Montreal community uh, this past week here and bringing social enterprise to the forefront. We'll talk more about that coming up. With executive chef of Delamere Bakery Jeff Finkelstein, as well as head baker of Delamere Julie Brownstein, uh, a baker at the Me Bakery Esther Ohio, Naomi Micheli, the co-chair of Gen MTL's Pay It Forward for Poor Initiative, and Karina Roski's, the director of philanthropy. For Gen MTL. And I guess Karina, we'll start with you. Tell us how the Paid Forward initiative came about.
2: That's one of those initiatives where everything perfectly aligned. In December, a community member approached me and asked if Gen MTL, the young adult cohort of Federation CJA, um, could put something together to educate a child about giving back. It just so happened that that morning I was speaking with Federation CJA's inclusion manager, Carly Goodman, about the launch of Delami which we had all been anticipating as Federation has been a proud financial and collaborative partner. I mentioned the bakery to this community member and its mission of being a social enterprise creating vocational opportunities and empowering young people with special needs and she was immediately hooked. Knowing that February is Jude month which stands for Jewish Disability Awareness Acceptance and Inclusion and this year Purim also happened to fall in the month of February it was a perfect opportunity to educate our community community about judim and giving back to vulnerable families. Alas, we got ten passionate community members together, and the Pay It Forward initiative was launched. With every purchase of a mishloach manot from the bakery, a vulnerable family also received a mishloach manot filled with yummy goodies and a subscription to the Delami Bakery.
1: Now, Naomi, you're one of the co-chairs. Tell me why it was so important to you to get involved.
0: Well. I guess, I guess having a brother with special needs makes me more aware. And so I just feel like it's important for kids to be aware. And because Purim is a family holiday, you know, it's, it's, it was a perfect opportunity to teach the kids. Like, you know, we want to give to people need. And also here are these amazing adults who are, you know, just giving their all and, and showing us how like everyone can do everything and anything they want and, I just, I, I just thought it was important to teach our kids, you know, like after Hanukkah, it was just like, you know, we just really wanted to, to teach them, um, you know, like all our friends are the same. Everyone is included, you know, I always teach my kids, like no matter what, you always include your friends. Don't ever let anyone, you know, leave anyone out. So this was just a, like a great opportunity to do that.
1: Julie, uh, talk to me about the 200. How did you, how did you basically, you know, pump out 200 of these, of these baskets?
3: Okay, so, well, first of all, I do want to say that um, without Jeff, firstly, it wouldn't have been possible because he is the one who, who was paramount in creating this bakery. I'm very fortunate enough to have worked with him, and I do feel that it's been a gift working with the young adults that work with me with special needs because I have a phenomenal team that I'm working with.
1: So Esther is a baker at Tell Was it a lot of work, Esther?
3: It was definitely a lot of work. But
4: because we have, like Julie said, because we have like a, a great group um, and have an amazing chef, it makes things less hard because Julie is like, the amount of patient that she dedicates to the bakery is amazing. And that makes it much easier for us to learn because the love and dedication that she puts in and um to for the bakery it makes it more fun
1: that's amazing Julie tell me what uh you know what you think of when you hear Esther complimenting you and you know (laughs) I'm getting patience (laughs) and and the fact that you make it fun and you know you can tell that that the bakers really benefit from uh from your experience and from your skill with them
3: for sure they do. It makes me like choke up a bit because I love Esther. I mean, over the past year, I've gotten to know these young adults that are all amazing. And for me, it's like, um, I, I'm a mother of two kids, two teenagers. Well, one's not even a teenager, young adult. My son, my son is uh, almost 22. And so these kids are like my kids. I don't know how else to explain it. Like when you're a mother, you just have that other, I guess, Aspect of nurturing to you, and they're they're like my kids to me. They've become uh very much a part of my own, like the friendship circle in general and de la Mie. It's become like a a second family.
1: It's amazing. yeah,
3: Yeah, it really is amazing because you could see also the growth. That's what you were asking me. And that's that's the amazing part of it, is that it's one thing to be, let's say, a pastry chef or a baker. It's a whole other thing when you become like a teacher and an instructor, and then there's a whole other aspect when you also become like a confidant, a friend, a bit of a therapist, you know, a bit of a mothering figure. Like it's all those things wrapped into one that make this job so exceptionally rewarding.
1: Julie, can you give me uh, an anonymous example of of maybe somebody that you've worked with and and the growth, the amazing growth that you've seen from uh, the time that you started working with them until now?
3: for sure. I have a uh, baker who shall remain nameless, who started off and I would advise this person, let's say when we were rolling out babka dough, for instance, and this person would feel like sometimes that maybe uh, he or she was doing it too, too thinly, they were maybe not doing it as perfect as mine or whatever. And I said, I I, I didn't know that this person would sometimes go outside and almost like, cry because they didn't feel that they were doing it to standard and I never I never knew that because that person only told me afterwards that never did I make them feel that way they just it was a a self-pressure that they put on themselves but every every time we leave the the work environment I always say thank you for all your hard work because it is such hard work it's very physically demanding And this person then said to me, you know, I used to sometimes go out and cry because Mm. I thought I wasn't doing a good job, but you always encouraged me and told me what a great job I was doing. So I saw myself firsthand, A, that I didn't, I didn't even know that that person was taking it so to heart, but then to see and, and, and see what a change in confidence that this person then displayed, like has, it's my go-to person when I want to have a right hand to say do me a favor, this person is a volunteer, this person doesn't have special needs, but you show her how we do it. And that person is able to go ahead and show someone without special needs how I like things done. And for me, that's like, that's just one very small example. Like, I I just sort of feel that I know that they're gaining self confidence. I know that they're um, developing skills that they didn't have before. There were times when we came into the kitchen at the beginning, even just learning how to use a kitchen scale that was in a metric system, you know, not, you know, everyone who makes cookies at home knows you need a cup of sugar, a cup of flour, whatever it is. We don't work that way. We're doing stuff in an industrial on industrial machinery and in an, in a much uh, larger scale. So, when we're looking to weigh kilos, like they didn't understand at the beginning, the concept of the grams and the kilos. And these are important skills, because anyone who bakes knows that it's an exact science, they really get that they're really getting a very, very thorough understanding of how, uh, of how to bake, how to behave in a, in a work environment, what it's like to be um, responsible, not just for your your own work but to work as a team like all of these things that they're learning are amazing skills that they're going to take with them if they eventually maybe can work in a place like Jeff's one of Jeff's places uh whether it's at Hoff or somebody else's kitchen bakery whatever it is uh catering if I could and if
5: I could interject it's like (laughs) exactly if it's exactly that point that is why we built Delami these are like, like pretty much what Julie was sum- summarizing is like these are skills that you would teach any new baker in any any skill level, any uh, you know mental physical capacity. These are these are the skills that you would learn as a beginning baker. So it's like we're almost skipping the the joy and how far we've come is so cool because these aren't people that have been to culinary school, right? Like at my bakery. Right. we wouldn't even look at somebody who didn't go to, you know, culinary school didn't work at other bakeries. So we're really starting from scratch. And the fact that we've come this far um, is really the truly amazing thing. And as Julie's saying is these are skills that we want them to be able to take on with them after, after, you know, they, they move on from, from our bakery, either to another bakery or just another job in general, the basic skills that we're trying to teach and have them accomplish are the basics for you know any job
1: and and you nailed it on the head that's exactly the point of a social enterprise right Jeff? exactly so you know like
5: julie can tell you more but you know things just about attendance (laughs) being on time being you know and understanding the repercussions that if, if you know if you don't show up for work then you know julie can be in a lot of trouble you know we have a scheduled amount of work for the amount of people like the same thing at my bakery when somebody's sick or isn't able to come it's it's you know it's reality where it's we're not like uh it's not a make-believe place <laughs> this is a real bakery with real people with mm-hmm. real clients and real real everything
1: esther i want to ask mm-hmm. you is there something in particular that you learnt at Delany that you didn't know before you started there i
4: would say learning how to use the scale properly Up until today, to be honest, I still have like a bit of difficulty using because basically we have two, we have two um, scales, and one of them is more, is where we basically is where we weigh the heavy things, and I have more trouble using that one, because it doesn't have every single number, and then when I have to round it up, like the number until okay it'd be like around that number at the beginning I was completely like I don't know like there was no I was not able to use it but now with um
3: Julie's help I've gone a very you're more comfortable you're more comfortable using it I'd say
1: and not afraid
3: and never afraid to ask for help that's the key right yeah
1: Jeff, tell me a little bit about your involvement and, and why it was so important for you to partner up with Dillamy. Uh,
5: so we partnered, so the Friendship Circle approached me, now I want to say it's probably been two years, <laughs> and I was very <laughs> reluctant to, um, I, I didn't think that I had the the time, like time is always an issue for me, and I was starting a few other projects, and I didn't think that I could slot it in, but with with enough uh persuasion <laughs> i was i was i was willing and able to um to do it and though it took it took us a long time uh, once again because of you know free time which is always always like a limiting factor the the goal for me the bakery has always been a big uh, supporter of um like cancer you know foundations that that donate to to cancer and this was something that was pretty much like out of my wheelhouse i haven't really been um, that affected by by this in, in, in my life. And I think that's also part of the point is some people don't have the, you know, I didn't have I didn't have the appreciation or understanding of, of what uh, you know, some somebody with special needs had, could offer, could not offer. I really had no I had no opinion on the matter. Um, and as as I looked more into it and got more, involved, um, it really took off the concept. Um, originally, it was going to be a French bakery, but I, I suggested like Hofkelsten already has Jewish roots. Um, and I really thought that would be the best way. And also in my evolution of like, uh, being a young entrepreneur, I really saw like a subscription based model as a way we could do this um, carefully and consistently, and not end up, you know, baking 100 khalas and only selling 50. You know, Mm -hmm. so this is really it's almost the equivalent of a wholesale bakery, which is how my bakery started and what I feel like is a great business model. Um, And we have luckily we have pent up demand right now, which is really exciting. So as as Julie's telling you, she she did that big order once. It's like we slowly have to figure out how we can keep on expanding. So we brought on. Two new workers, like in the last two weeks, and we've doubled since you know six weeks ago, and we hope to double again. And like this is really like an exciting, you know. I guess our goal is to is to bust out of our current space <laughs> that that we built only sure. a year ago. So when when we get there, that will be an exciting uh an exciting feeling.
1: Jeff, I'm curious. You said that uh, you you were kind of apprehensive on uh, social enterprise, and you weren't sure, and and so. You know, what kind of advice or what do you say to uh, business people listening right now that are in the same position that you were in um, a couple of years ago?
5: To be honest, as like avant-garde as I think I, as I, think I am, I, I didn't really understand the social enterprise. I didn't understand, um, you know, I knew about donating to charity. I knew what charities did and whatever, uh, but I didn't see how this could be so impactful. And I'm, I'm somebody who likes big impact um and now that I see and understand what like what we've done my biggest fear was having employees because that's always a huge stress in this industry in particular um and now it seems like we have a wealth of like untapped resources uh of people who want to work who are excited to work whose parents or family members like see this opportunity Uh, even on Instagram I get I get messages from parents, from friends saying, hey, I have a daughter, I have a friend, uh, they would love to have this opportunity to work. And just like hearing that, it's it's such a breath of fresh air from when in my other businesses, I'm always fighting, you know, to find staff, to hold on yeah. to staff, to do this. So when I learned that the social enterprise sort of point was to bring, um, you know, people with special needs, special talents, <laughs> you know, I like to think that we all have special needs, me in particular. Um, so <laughs> It, it's really, it, it, it's about that growth aspect and it doesn't necessarily have to, I, like, I don't need to follow it through. We're really trying to give the tools and the success of our operation will be what happens after,
3: um, you know, Delami. I don't think you really realize how little um, opportunity there is for young adults with special needs once they reach, let's say, a certain young age of 18 that there's no more resources available for them from the government, from anything. So all of these kids that otherwise could be working, could be active, could be flourishing as part of members of our society are sort of forgotten. And it's one of the things that really hit home to me when I started here, anyone who is looking to hire someone, the dedication that people with special needs offer to their employers is incredible. I, I have a guy who works for me every Friday, comes in with the most phenomenal attitude I have ever seen in my life. I never saw someone in all my years of working come in and be so happy to have a job to do, whether it's stamping the bags with the Dalami logo or packing up challahs and rolls. He's, he's thrilled with everything that, any every task that I give him. He loves to work. He's happy to come to work. I mean, this is, I find like the benefit in just a little nutshell, like Mm -hmm. for anyone who wants to hire someone with special needs, you're going to find out that what you think you're doing the mitzvah for is like going to actually come back on you threefold. We call, we call so it ROI,
5: return, return on investment. <laughs> <laughs> Your return on investment is, yeah, is huge. It's
3: amazing. Yeah, it's amazing. So I don't even know how you even begin to explain that to some someone who's looking to hire. Like to me, it's it opens up a whole other field of 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 individuals, employees who are just So, so capable, much more so than you maybe would even think.
1: A return on investment for so many ways and for so many people. Karina, what kind of uh, impact do you feel that uh, Jodayim has had on on the Montreal community at large?
2: I truly believe that it's had a positive and profound impact. Thousands have benefited from the program in the past few years alone. Um, Jodayim as a community awareness initiative helps us as a community to rally behind a common banner to celebrate the gains we've made to date. And at the same time reflect on where we want to go ahead. Um, inclusion is so much more than just a buzzword, it's how we li- live our lives, what we teach to our children, what, I, what we teach our children, um, you know, at this, and at the same time, um, how we want to treat other people, which is a core Jewish value. Um, very proud of this committee, um, particularly that they really emphasize um, including an educational component in these Mishal mm-hmm. um, specifically a book that's called let's all be friends a little book on inclusion that's there to help facilitate a conversation with families and their children at a young age um, and that was really um, a significant part of this project that we want families to start having these conversations and this is all thanks to judem and under this banner because without this we wouldn't be even having this conversation
1: awesome Naomi you mentioned you talked about uh, your brother who has special needs do you do you find in your experience that's we become more inclusive?
0: I find, yes. I find just, especially with kids, I mean, you you can see it in the playgrounds and stuff, you know, like you can see that there's still some stuff going on that I think can be, you know, taught and lessons to be taught for them. And, you know, this, that, what Karina was saying, we put in this little coloring book for them, you know, like, this is my friend, you know, so-and-so and they have glasses and this is my other friend and she's in a wheelchair or, you know, it's just, it's pointing out that, you know, differences is what makes us special. You know, it's not necessarily shouldn't be different. It should make us that we're unique and we're original. You know, so it just, you know, it's amazing.
1: Awesome. You guys planning on making this bigger next year? You're already sold out, right? Let's. We, we should. In uh, one
0: we week, <laughs> we sold out in one week. I feel like next year we could kill it. Less than
2: one week.
1: <laughs> Two hundred in <laughs> one <wait>. week. <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: Less than one week.
1: Less than one week.
2: Killed it. Esther, are
1: you ready to make more than 200 next year? <laughs> What's the one thing, Esther, that you're looking forward to eating from everything that you made? There's, there's probably so many delicious things that you guys made.
4: I guess I would say the challah because after like all the like work we put into making, tasting the challah, um, is, it, feel it feels very work. rewarding.
1: You, you look um, at some of the things you prepare and sometimes say to yourself, I can't believe that we made this?
4: Yeah, all the time. <laughs>
5: <laughs> I have to say when. Go ahead. So so I'm not always there, obviously, because I have my hands full. But Julie, we, we've learned to use uh, Zoom and, you know, we've really turned it into <laughs> the modern uh, era. And when I see some of the stuff, uh, I'm I I can't I can't believe my eyes. It's you know, and Julie's gotten to the point where she's she critiques her her own work, and I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm like, it's nicer than the stuff we're making at Kelsen. and we've been doing this for for 12 years or something. You know, like this goes, you know, this it's just incredible what level we're able to function at
1: that's amazing. Esther, you should feel very proud of yourself and and your whole team after what what Jeffrey just said. That's incredible. Congratulations. You're amazing, Esther.
2: Thank you. Amazing. Bravo. Mm -hmm
1: esther julie jeffrey naomi karina thank you all for this amazing podcast this afternoon thank you, thank you. thanks guys
0: thank you. you've been listening to the inspiration news podcast with mark Bergman. make sure to subscribe to this podcast and the english montreal school board podcast on apple podcast google play or wherever you get your podcasts thanks for listening